I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, You will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. (laughs) From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community. What a true treat and a true treasure. Just like Jesus said to a couple of thieves during his capital punishment hanging there on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. My life as a twin hiller is true paradise because my thief of a co-host, oh, he steals hearts. Please welcome Gray Haas, everybody. Hey, Hallie, how are you doing? So nice to see you. So good to be here. I'm blessed, my brother. Just going to show you, I've got two bandages on my wrists. <gasps> oh my goodness, that looks alarming. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's actually, I got a couple of tattoos. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to unveil them for you because, oh. you know, I went uh, I went about three days ago to Broad Ripple Inc. And uh, I really worked through some ideas with them that they wanted to do. And I, I landed on a pretty cool idea because I've been really inspired by the book of Job and the story of Job. Well, you know, the verse that I really spoke to me, Hallie, is... The New Living Translation, which was one of my favorites, it says, Very well, said the Lord to Satan, everything he has is in your hands, but you may not lay a hand on the man himself. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So I started really reflecting on this idea, Hallie, of 
Job's hands. And so what I got here, I'll just unwrap these. The Climax kids are going to think it's so cool that you have tattoos. If you get sleeves, then more kids might come to Climax. I know. That's my hope. So that's what I've got here. I've got on my, this one. Hands. Right. And then on this one. Jobs. Jobs. Right. Hands, jobs. No, it's, no, the other way, Hallie. So it's Job. Oh. Oh. Oh, I guess if I hold them. But if, to you, it probably looks like Job's hands, but from over here, it goes the other way. So it looks like, but you read it as jobs. It looks like hands jobs. Okay. That's, wait, no. I really wanted to be Job's hands. Like these are the hands of Job. Oh, well, maybe you have to turn them this way. Only have people come look from your perspective. Like say, put your face next to my face. You read this as is hands Job's? Hands Job's. Yeah. I mean, from here, because that hands is on that side. Hands Job's. Because, you know, we read from right to left. Oh, right. But you know what? Jewish people, Jewish people would read Job's hands. That's so cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know what? I might have to get them to flip that around. Shoot. Okay. Well, um, anyway. Yeah. Hands Job's. Hmm. All right. How was your week, Allie? Oh. You know what? I'm going to ask you for your prayers, my brother, because this morning, my son, Day, he missed the bus. And so I told him, you know what? Hop in the Lexus and I'm going to drive you to school. And on the way there, you know, he's sitting in the back seat because he said I was wearing too much of my Red Door perfume. And so he's sitting back there and he starts reading me something. And I'm only half listening, you know, because I'm driving and I'm putting on my mascara in the rear view and I'm putting on a lip and a lip line and, you know, I'm changing lanes and whatnot. And so he's going on and on and I sort of tune into what he's saying. And he's talking about climate change or global warming or some of that liberal BS. So he's going on about some green deal or something. And he goes, by the time I tune in, he says, the sky will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire and fervent heat and the earth and everything will vanish. And even the heavenly bodies will burn and be destroyed. And I said, you know what? I got to cut you off, kid, because it's that type of five alarm fire stuff that lies. It's just lies. It's a bunch of dramatized crap. And he goes, mom, I was reading from second Peter three (sighs) ten. Don't you just hate that when they turn it around on you? I was so embarrassed, and I'm sitting there, and I'm not sure what to do. I thought he got his hands on the UN climate report, because that came out last week. Right, you don't want to let him see that. No, and I'm like, these kids can get that at the periodicals. And so I'm like, it's crap, it's lies. And he goes, well, it's your book, it's the Bible. And no less, it's the New Testament. It's talking about everything heating up and burning. And so I'm like, well, I could barely recover. So I'm just putting some liquid highlighter on my cheekbones. And so I turned up a Hillsong Christmas song and I'm just trying to act like everything's okay. And he goes, hey, mom, can I read you one more thing? And I was like, well, would you mind disclosing what you're reading first so that I don't say the Constitution is like soiled toilet paper or something? He gives me this verse. He said, Gray gave us a verse in Climax. And he said, it's from Romans. And it says, wake up, lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And I said, well, I like that. I think that's good. And he said, but Grace said it's Paul's message to the Romans, but I think that it's God's message now to the Americans because basically what Grace said is it means stop lying to yourself and get smart. So anyway, Dave's just like, hey, mom, I got to live here in this place when there are no more resources and when it's all on fire and the air is poisoned and we don't have water and climate refugees are moving desperately trying to find a place to live and survive and it's not too late if people like you would just listen. And at that point, I pulled right up into Broad Ripple High and I was like, love you, bud. Have a good day. That's right. It It just makes me want to fall asleep at the wheel, stuff like that. I almost did. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, 
you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like there were two thieves on the crosses next to Jesus, we've got two guests today. We got two members, Joel Bryan and Trenith Nightingale. Hey guys, welcome. Thank you, Gray. Thanks for having us. Yeah, blessings to you. Hey guys, you just played an amazing show today at Twin Hills, and we just wanted to make room for you guys to tell us a little bit about your music. And also, we're probably going to hear a few songs today, but as we get into it, where are you guys from? Where do you live? Well, we come from, um, I come, I come from New York city Oh, okay. and Trenith, Trenith comes from Los Angeles and, um, oh, wow. both, yeah. both pretty tough cities it in was terms difficult, of a lot of sin, which is why we were so grateful to have found each other sort of right at the, right at the right time when we needed to, because, um, we were, you know, we were doing music that was not really for the glory of God. Right. If you know what I mean. I do, yeah. And then when we, we met each other, we were both sort of at crossroads in our lives oh. and um, realized that we did want to use these gifts that we could kind of let them go to our head, but um, we, we realized that it was all coming from God okay. and that we ought to use them to glorify him. <laughs> and that's when um, we started, we, we teamed up yeah. um, as, as a duo. And uh, so we're- It was we're, a tag team. So cool. Yeah. yeah, we're just like we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna tag t- team God. That's so cool. And so we started the Make Creation Kids, and um, Creation Kids is the name of the group. Make yeah, Make Creation. Oh, kids. Make okay, make, make Creation. Make Creation Kids. kids. Make creation kind of a mouthful. Kids. Make Creation Kids. Make, make Creation. Kids. Make Creation Kids. Yeah, right. the Make Creation Kids. Make Creation Kids. Um, and because it's kind of like you want to you want to make you want to make creation um, holy. Right. Yeah. And isn't it so cool that God is a creator and that we are made in his image and so we're all creators and you can create music. 
That's so good. Isn't that so cool? And you guys we love that. We have a lot of, of songs actually that, that tap into that exact message. And you guys said you met at a crossroads and you had mentioned that that was actually at a, a literal crossroads was it was at an Arby's in Arizona. Yeah. Well, we were both on tour and I oh, have separately. to say, yeah, separately we were on tour and I have to say our careers in, you know, it, devoted as they were to sort of lesser goals we're not going that well, um, which is I think how we found ourselves at this Arby's. Really? Mm. Yeah. But it was you- a little literal crossroads for me. I was that week. I was giving up the meats. That's what. That's what the father told me. Right. That's it was when time you, to give up the meats. And but I loved vegetarian. Arby's so much. Yeah. What so can much. you possibly get there now? Like a waffle fry or what? No, well, I had to give it up entirely. That was my last, I promised myself one last hurrah. It was your last supper. It was my last supper. Your last meat do supper. you just get a classic roast beef? Do you do the regular Arby's? Do you do those new market sandwiches they no, do? All, uh, it was classic roast beef, but I had three or four of them. And we I were had unhealthy bo- in so many ways then. Uh. I had booked myself into a La Quinta Inn for four days just to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. And um, but there, that. but there, Joel was. I looked across, I looked across the counter, and there was Joel. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joel, was, you were working at the Arby's. He was working. At the time. Okay. Yeah. So you were on tour, but also working at the. Well, Arby's. I had I had to pick up extra work sometimes. You know, I'd run out of gas money to get from one gig to the next, so mm. I would have to cancel a couple of them and pick up some temporary work just wherever I was. Um, and and so yeah, at this, um, th- thank God I did. I mean, doesn't he work in the most mysterious ways? Oh, where amen. he brought me to that Arby's at a, at a, out of desperation, financial desperation, and he brought uh, Trenith to the Arby's just sort of out of gastrointestinal desperation, and and put us in this really horrible situation together at the La Quinta Inn. But out of it grew this partnership uh, between us, which has been just so intimate. And I was really used. I was saved. I was saved. Joel saw me eat the third sandwich, and he said, "I need to attend to that man." So he followed me back. I knew it was not going to. It go was well. strange. An Have you ever one? been in Arizona with a strange man knocking on your door as no. you're about to go through a a a, a meaty exorcism? It sounds absolutely it, terrifying. Was it a room with two beds? Well, no. It was it was a room with one bed, and we we ended up sharing. Um, and we we actually we actually had to sh- do share a bed uh, in a lot of our early touring, um, you know, because when you're starting out in, in a band, um, you got to do whatever you can sure. to keep it going and make ends meet. Um, so we got we got very close. Yeah, actually, you know, it's in a lot of ways. I like to say our our relationship is like a marriage. You know, in in almost every single way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you have to make the ends meet. Now, yeah. are either of you married in real life? I was married. Yeah. Oh, I'm married yeah. to the father. Oh, yeah. Only. Yeah. That's, I have eyes for no one but him. That's good. And he doesn't steal the remote. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, was... I, do. I do. I still steal the remote. It's one of the things we fight over. You know, in any relationship, you you know, you have your little squabbles. Yeah. That's what an true. amazing story, guys. You've got, you find yourself at this crossroads and it's, it's literally a good Samaritan experience where you got Trinith sick on the side of the road near La Quinta, you take him back, you tend to his wounds, or mm-hmm. in this case, his, his, you get him to a toilet. His, yeah, his problem. And then you find, how do you, how does the music come into it? How did you even figure out 
that you guys could sing and play music so well together. Well, so at while while Trenith was exercising his demons, mm-hmm. as yeah. he so eloquently put, yeah. um, I just I whipped I whipped out my guitar and I started uh, playing him some of my songs. Wow! And you were you were in the uh, in the other to, room, I suppose, to make him feel yeah. better. Serenading I've learned, him. Wow. I've learned since you never know what Joel is going to whip out. He's always whipping things out. Wow. Yeah. At first, it was his guitar, right? Wow. And then it was some of these songs that we ended up, you know, they hadn't really been working for me yeah. career-wise, as I, as, as I said. And, but then when we, in that sort of, in the depths of that darkness together in the La Quinta Inn, we, we sort of both had, a, we, were watching, we were watching TV yeah. and we saw something and we, we had this experience together where we realized and we, we, were, we were saved at the same time really we were born again and we realized that these songs were not serving the higher purpose that they needed to be and that we needed to change our approach uh, to our whole lives really but also to our music Um, and that that's really what led us to all this success that's what led us here to Twin Hills and, and so many other wonderful places. You played to thousands of people today. Everybody was losing their minds. I know. I'm sorry. We fogged the room too hard in the 9 a.m. service. And I know 9 a.m. It's hard to warm up your voice anyway. But that fog machine was going bananas. We It must have been malfunctioning. And we, at one point we couldn't see you. And then you both started coughing so bad. I thought maybe we'd lost you. So, guys, why don't we take a minute and hear one of the songs you played today. Would that be all right? Yeah. Should we, you want me to whip, whip it out? Yeah, let's go ahead and whip it out. All right, let me get the guitar. So uh, well, maybe, um, you know, a real crowd favorite today was a song that we have called Rear View. Okay. Ooh. And um, so I'll just, I'll, I'll play a few bars um, from the, from just from the chorus. Just a couple awesome. lines. Stop me, you know, when, when it's been enough, okay? Okay. Sin is in the rear view Keep my faith where I can see it You put the word right into my mouth When you knew that I would need it How did I live my Without you, guys, I've got goose flesh literally all over my body. I got them too. Fellas, I got to tell you, I felt the Holy Spirit moving when you sang. Mm -hmm. I mean, God did gift you with these voices and this ability to to, to create these tunes. And and I mean, man, to to have sin in the rear view, what an inspiring Mm -hmm. message. Get thee behind me, Satan. Exactly. And it, it, it is, it's a kind of a literal transformation with, within this song, because this, this is a song that I used to play. Oh, um, really? Yeah. That, but, but it was a little different. Oh, it had um, words that didn't glorify it had, God. It did. Yes. And it, it was a song about my divorce, oh. um, which obviously is not something I'm proud of, right. um, oh. to have been, been through an experience like that. Yeah. But, um, but then Jesus came into our lives in that La Quinta and blessed us um, with so many things, but especially these these new lyrics. And it is really it's made all the difference 
and um, Rearview has, you know, it's been it's been really resonating with people. It's done 500 million streams since we oh, released it last Lent. That is awesome. Uh, guys, what an amazing story about taking what you were doing, which was maybe good, but not successful. And when you add Jesus and Christ specifically into mm-hmm. the lyrics, look what it does, mm-hmm. not only to your band, but to your pocketbooks, I'm sure. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Just your success. It's been a blessing. And I mean, I think this is going to go all the way to the Dove Awards. I mean, I think you don't need Grammys. You don't need any of that stuff. You need a Dove. You know, one of the things I was thinking when I heard you two singing was that just the quality of Christian music, Christian movies, all kinds of the arts in general, the quality of Christian stuff is just such higher quality than what all this other stuff is that they're doing in Hollywood. You know, if you listen to a good worship song, it's better than anything you're going to hear on the top 40. You know, you watch a Kirk Cameron movie, it's going to be better than anything that, you know, Matt Damon's doing. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just a it's a higher quality. So I'd like to say welcome, fellas. Welcome to the real good stuff. Thank you. As a writer, you know, I've got a theory about this because they're they're all familiar with the good text. Yeah. You know, and that's what the the real blessing we received in the La Quinta in Arizona was that, you know, as much as Joey has a propensity for whipping things out, the greatest thing he could have whipped out was the Bible right there from that, that bedside table. Mm-hmm. You know, Gideon. people don't know. People don't realize what a wealth of information they have right at their fingertip. These sinners that spend so much time and so much money in these hotels and they never just open the drawer. That's all they could do. Open the drawer. Right and is there. that how it's you free. guys find your lyrics? Are you just going and scouring the Bible? And it, and that was actually the name of our debut album. Our debut Christian album was Open the Drawer. Yeah. And I love how it all sort of connects because on your second album, Open Your Drawers, you're talking about everyone now. Mm-hmm. It's where you were opening one drawer. We're just giving a peek. Now you're saying yeah. everyone needs to open their everyone drawers. Everyone needs peek. to open their drawers. Take a peek. Give a peek. That's right, because we're all in we're all in this together. Is kind of the message of the, that second album. Now you said you were watching TV when you guys got the idea and the and the spiritual awakening to turn into a Christian group. And I've got to ask, who was preaching on the show that day? Uh, that or who was on TV that really inspired you guys? Such a great, yeah. such a great question, and such a great, uh, crazy experience for us because it it came from an unlikely source. Really? Yeah. You agreed that we would never talk about that, Joel. This is not. This you is not approved. Think, this is no, 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 no. I think this is an okay story to share. <sighs> You're giving me great anxiety, Joel. I, well, he's still not quite mm. over that. The Arby's really. How long ago uh, was that? I mean, physically, he's over it, but okay. I'm the trauma, the the, men, mm-hmm. the mental trauma, mm-hmm. the psychological trauma. So, but so if you need to maybe take your headphones off. Joel had trash this. tastes. Joel had trash tastes when we met. Well, he I'm was not a trashy, trashy man. I'm not proud of it, but one good, I mean, we felt so welcomed despite our past in this community. That I feel like we can share. Was it like we the were watching. Cinemax stuff? Was no, it? no, it was nothing like that. Oh, God. Okay, okay. The filth that was emanating from my body was only matched by what Joel was watching on the television. Wow. Well, you were watching it too. Let's, you know, we need to own up to to this. And it, but I was it The Simpsons? 
very close. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes. And it was South Park. Oh. Do you know? Oh. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never seen it. I liked. But it's a cartoon. Oh, you don't want to see it. Uh, you know, a lot no. of my kids, they, you know, they say you've got to, you, you know, they, they, they like to laugh about it. Oh. And I'm just saying, guys, is it positive? And mm. I've never watched a single minute of it. But I'm like, it's an old show. It's oh. 30 years old. Oh. And you know, this. You just know, they did a they did a musical too called Book of Mormon. That one's actually kind of funny. Oh, I, I like, saw that. You know, one. I do like that. That That's you know, they one. kind of you know because I think they are kind of making fun of how silly Mormons can be. This this episode that we were watching actually was one of the biggest blessings to come into our lives because um, one of the characters in the show becomes a Christian musician. Oh. And he starts using his musical talents to mm. glorify mm-hmm. God. Oh. And we realized that was part of our, you know, that was part of our revelation oh, yeah. over the course of those four days where we realized that we needed to start using our music to glorify oh. God as well. I think that God can use anything for good. Isn't that right? He can use, you know, he's used South Park before. To try to show Mormons how far off base they are. Mm-hmm. He's and he used South Park to turn you from secular music mm-hmm. to music that glorifies him. I mean, he's using our president, you know? He was a guy who was out there, he was a playboy, he was in the streets, he was with people who weren't his wife and whatever. And now he's a holy man of God being used in the office mm-hmm. by the Almighty God. Mm-hmm. He can uh, use evil for good. And you know what? The one thing I think that's that people do that's not that's not really fair is they try and put him on the spot, mm. don't they? And they try and say, prove your faith, mm-hmm. right? prove your mm-hmm. knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but that's not what it's about. That's right. You know, it's about yeah. a, per, a personal relationship. It's about being, you know, having the word revealed to you right. and basking in his grace. And so that, that's really yeah. And now now we have we have done the homework and we've we've studied because we're also kind of intellectual guys. That's awesome and so guys. We, and so not to put you on the spot, but what are some of your favorite uh, verses? Right. Yeah. Uh, Jean? What is Jean? I'm sorry. Jean. Jean. Jean? Yeah, Jean. I'm sorry you saying Jean. Jean, I think it's Jean 30. Oh, well, the book of John or John? James? No, I'm John. pretty sure it's Jean. Oh, one time. Well, so now we tour internationally. Oh. Jean. Oh, right. Jean. Like, that's the French. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, he, did he, you get a French Gideon Bible? We got a French Gideon that's Bible. Cool. Yeah. And that's what. Well, and it's Le Quinta over there. Oh, wow. Le, we have a, a song, for example. This is a great story. We have a song. Um, it's called One More for the Lord. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. That we played it. That second to last at the service this morning, and um, it felt like it went on forever, didn't it? Uh, it was a really, it was a really long song with a it's, lot of uh, sort of intricate guitar noodling in it. Yes, yeah. yes, and the we Lord loved, plays through my fingers. That is great. It is. It's one his his, his Trenith's noodling is one of the most inspired uh, parts of our our whole musical relationship with God for sure. And did you noodle before uh, you found Jesus? Yes, but the hard part was that when he started to speak through me, he only spoke through my left hand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then I would be on stage and he would be in control of my left hand mm-hmm. and I would be in control of my right hand. Oh, God. So the first few months sounded like complete madness. Oh. It didn't so you, make any sense. And yeah, it took it was like all these crazy chords. Yeah. Truly but the just, left hand isn't talking to the right. Yeah. But then I realized over time, 
that he too was speaking through my right hand. We just weren't listening. Mm-hmm. So when we finally understood what was going on, we let him enter us in a in a mm-hmm. profound way. Mm. Then he started to speak through. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it the goodle. That's God's noodle. Wow. Now, I wanted to ask you, because this morning during, I think, but at the nine o'clock service, when there was all that fog, I was sitting down near the bullpen, like down, you know, far house, right? Mm -hmm. And I might have been too close, but it looked like I couldn't tell it. I couldn't tell if one of you was forgetting the words and you were getting so mad at each other. Like you pushed at one point, pushed him over. Yes, that's right. But so we still, like everybody does, we still fall back into sin sometimes. But we just have to recover as quickly as we can. So, as and we with the lyrics, it's a big problem for us. And I'll, I'll let you in on a little oh. secret because the lyrics have changed for oh, us. Right. Oh. That one, one more for the Lord used to be a song called "One More for the Road." Oh. oh, and it was about well, as you can imagine, all the things that secular artists do when they're on the road. And we don't even have to talk about. I know this oh. is a, a wholesome podcast. We don't have to talk a lot yeah. about it, but. Um, it was about running away from your faith. Right. Mm. That's basically what it was about. So sometimes one of you will slip into the old lyrics and then you yeah, get in just fist muscle, fights and muscle, stuff. Muscle memory. Um, and, and so we, when we're changing the lyrics to the new lyrics, that's one of the times when we really have to grapple with what we think Jesus wants us to do. And it's probably um, hard too because Trinith is saying, I've got God in both hands. Mm-hmm. Joel, you're saying I've got God in both hands, mm-hmm. and then like today, it, you know, when we fog the room and you're both choking each other at the same time and saying, you know, you got it wrong, you got it wrong, you probably have some sort of, you know, there's some theological debate as to who's on God's side at yeah, this God on God, right? That's yeah. a hard but match you know, to watch. It is, and it's it's a lot like it's a lot like sporting events mm. or wars. You know, when when both sides feel like they have God on their side, but really only our side does. Would you guys be able to play one more for the Lord for yes, us? Yes, we will. Awesome. Oh, just one more for the Lord. This is where he would do the all the... The canoodling. Oh, just one more for the Lord. This world can be so cold before I let you go. Just one more for the Lord. It's really powerful. And it was when we realized that a song of repentance like that was the perfect song for an Easter release. It was truly one of the times that we felt most certain that, that Jesus was on our side. And that song has done 800 million streams. Amazing. Just since Easter. How how many, how much of the lyrics did you have to change for that one? Just one word. That one is just one word. It's one of the ones where we realized 
maybe, maybe God was, has been calling us for a long time. Wow. And what word was it? Um, it was Lord. Oh, okay. Lord. Now, what are the ways yeah. that you resist sin when you're on the road? You, you're both good looking and talented. So you probably have these loose women throwing themselves at you and probably people wanting to, Hey, can I buy you a drink? I put some drugs for you backstage or any of that type of thing that happened yeah. to secular artists. Like how do you resist sin? Surprisingly, it's mostly men. You know, I really noticed that today when you were playing in the service because you know, all the men in the audience, they were really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, they were clapping along even to that second song, which is pretty hard to clap along to. Mm-hmm. And they were getting really excited because I think you guys are really tapping into what I would consider, you know, sort of like the deep sadness that all men feel because mm-hmm. right now we're sort of going through a thing where men are, you know, oftentimes the bad guy. Yeah. And then it was really interesting because I didn't see a single woman in the audience really respond to it mm. and i was kind of going hey ladies you got to get into these guys they're pretty good and it was pretty much all the men that were in the audience really clapping along and but having that a must time. be a blessing in its own way because if you know if it's only men who are really attracted to you then mm-hmm. that's totally safe nothing's going to happen between you and some fellas uh-huh. right and, and we feel like we're modeling also really great um behavior collaborative behavior intimate behavior between two men right now I have a question about the secular years. I think it would be so easy to write about Christian things, like to write about how to glorify God and the love of Christ is probably just endless sources of inspiration for Mm -hmm. lyric after lyric, song after song after song, a lifetime, 10,000 lifetimes. You couldn't write enough about the love of God. But when you aren't writing about that, if you want to write a song that's not about, you know, the love of Christ, I mean, where do you even, what, what can you even write about? What is there to even write about? Well, you end up writing uh, just songs that aren't that deep. Got it. Right. And that, I think, was a big part of our lack of, you know, commercial success, was Mm. people can see through that. Right. They can see when you don't really mean it, Uh when you don't really know what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. when you're kind of faking it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now... And listen, now all of it, none of that's true anymore. Yeah, listen, God's plan is God's plan. That's the beauty of it. It's, It's His plan. You don't even have to think about it. Wow. It just happens. The songs write themselves? Yeah, they just write themselves, and then you receive it, and you just turn around and you say it was his plan. Well, that's cool, because it seems like you guys are kind of taking your back catalog and just swapping a few words in, and it's kind of going great. It's more than that. Okay. It's more than that. And so I did want to ask, when when Trinith said you used to be involved in sort of trash culture, what what did that look like? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've never done a trashy thing in my life. Well, like for a long time, um, I had a, a job that I'm not proud of, but I was, you know, I would, I had a truck. Uh, and so in order to make extra money, this was before, this was before you could do Uber or Uber Eats or in, you know, Postmates or any of those g- really great gig economy jobs, which I think are, are, oh, are awesome. the fu- they are so awesome. Yeah. I think they're the future for young people, you know, because it just leaves you more time. Um, so, but, it, but in, back in these days, pretty much all you could do if you had a truck and wanted to make a, some extra money was, um, I would, I would drive around town. I would, I would fill up the bed of the truck okay. with, um, bounce houses, oh. uh, like a moon bounce. Oh. Um, uh. 
trash. and drive around and uh, deliver them to the the like the parties or events or farmers markets uh-huh. or other like weird yeah. gatherings did, where did people need it. Where you blew them up? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and so I would be there. He be still there has it. I'd be there pumping it. He carries it, it with us on tour. Oh really? That damn pump. No, excuse me. <sighs> Why would you still carry the yeah, pump? Yeah, what's Joel? the pump for now? That pump. I started taking it on tour to pump up our air mattress. Yeah. Because in the beginning, we would travel around uh, with just a full-size air mattress um, that we could both share, and it would fit It would fit in the back of the truck. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we put a camper shell on. That's awesome. This was the same truck that in my previous life, I was driving around delivering balance houses, cool. but now we were using it. Uh, in our in our career to glorify God together. So as secular artists, you're total failures. Now that you are Christian singers, I mean, do you have a do you have a a, a bus, a tour bus? You got a like a do you got all those bells and whistles? We have a private plane. Wow, wow guys. this is so cool. You've got a private plane. A private plane. Amazing. Let me tell you, it it doesn't get old. We also bring our original truck. Really? Yes, in a cargo plane that flies separately from us, and it arrives and gets picked up in a in a in the back of a semi truck, and it follows us. And when we get near the gig, we get out of the black car into the original truck with the camper top, still with the camper top and the, the pump. pump. So you so you still drive that truck to the gig? Yes. And why is that? You know, it's because, first of all, we want to stay humble ourselves, okay. even though we do have the private plane and the, the, the black car, you right. know. Um, it's the last we, 10 feet that's the most important. Yeah, yeah, it's just when you come around the corner, yeah. you want to be reminded of of your roots. So that's that's for us. Yeah. But also we want the kids to know, the kids that are coming to the concert, that we're still relatable. As you two grow in your personal relationship with Christ, as you were mentioning earlier, do you relate to any of the disciples? I mean, the men who actually got to follow him and know him and be in his inner circle. Oh, like this is a great question. I always like to know who are people's favorite disciples yeah. that they think they're most like. Or, or yeah, who <laughs> Treneth? Who is Treneth? Which disciple is Treneth most like? Which one is Joel most like? Oh, this is such a good game. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Treneth no, you can go first, Joel. So like which disi- which disciple am I? Yeah. Who are you most like? <sighs> There's so it's many the of them. Well, it's so, twelve, so. right? Exactly. So, and there. So you so know, you know the Last Supper. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. the best painting of yeah. all time. Absolutely. And like Jesus, Jesus is surrounded by all the disciples. Right. Right. So like, I would think probably if I had to be one of them, I would be the one that's right next to him. Which one? Because there's a few next to him. There's about three guys that are gonna just uh, two. There's only two next to Jesus. Well, they're all kind of trying to be as close as they can, like we all are. Yeah, that's true. There's really only one, though. Just mathematically speaking, there's only one that's closest to Jesus. There could be, I guess there could be, there could be two that are equal. There are no ties in closeness to Jesus. Wow. One is closer than another. Mm. That's so awesome. That's true. And it is. It it does kind of it is helpful if you look at it like a competition yes. because it keeps you striving. Okay, so which one do you think you are then? David is the disciple who okay, I, I feel David. like I'm most like. Joe would be David. He has very David like qualities. I can confirm. Okay, 
Yeah, and who sure who do you think you're like? Me, Noah. Trenith? Noah. Noah. Yeah. Noah. Oh, because he, I mean, he... Well, he always he took saved. care of all those beautiful creatures on the ark, and I'm so yeah. loving. You're loving. I'm just so you're loving. You're an animal lover. That's why I'm you stopped eating lover. Arby's. Yeah. Oh. Is that... So... Noah, right. I think, I haven't read this, but I think Noah was the first vegetarian. Wow, is that true? Yeah, the, well, the know. story starts very dark. He's eating all the animals, and then he realizes that, that that's not kind. Yeah. And he goes down to the lower deck, and he's there just in his own filth. I've got to read this, this Gideon not, translation. Yeah. 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 Now, I think also you might be, Trenith, you might be conflating it with some of those other books that we used to travel around with. Oh, I don't think so. No. You're spreading heresy right now. Heresy. Yeah, you're. I don't know what's. I don't know what's gotten into him, and I apologize. And this is kind of. Joel like, always does this to me. There's a point at which he undermines no. everything I say and everything I think. Joel, it feels like you're gaslighting me. I'm not gaslighting you. I'm just trying you're, to tell you what's in the Bible that our entire life and career is based on at this point. That's not all of my. You did this on the stage this from, morning too, and you embarrassed us. I wouldn't mind if it was just like between you and me, just grappling with our faith. But in front of the crowd today on stage, spouting heresy, it's bad for business. You know okay? what, guys? I think we can just go with Noah and David as your favorite apostles. Noah and David, I think. But I'm I'm David for sure, and he's more like Noah. If you're if you're talking about disciples. Yeah, Wait, were we talking about disciples or well, apostles? We, well, I guess we weren't really talking about either. The Make Creation Kids were played by the Milk Carton Kids, also known as Joey Ryan, who was playing Joel Bryan, and Kenneth Pattengale, who was playing Trenneth Nightingale. Milk Carton Kids, oof, they are a great band, an incredible live show, and trust me, pull them up on Spotify and enjoy. It's great listening, and they are both so lovely. Thanks, fellas. Hey, go to MilkCartonKids.com for tour dates and follow them at the Milk Carton Kids. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie LeBont, and Gray Haas is played by Greg Hess. Our incredible producer is Ryan Countshouse. Follow us on your favorite form of social media and send a letter to our mailbag at megathepodcast at gmail. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the podcast, please support us on Patreon.